And musical intro starts now. In the drums. What are we talking about? Talk about um, why, not, why don't you introduce the show first? How's that? <laughs> hey everyone, this is JJ from Michael and the Bear, and I'm Michael from Michael and the Bear. I'm 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 a bear. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If it's your first time checking out the show, we this is a podcast about cryptocurrency and other things too. We actually yes. like to think that we talk about cryptocurrency on a deeper level, but I like to think I'm starting to think that we actually talk about issues that are brought up by cryptocurrency. So the questions that are being asked by this new phenomenon. Yeah. What do you think about that as a new new way to yeah, int- I like introduce that. the show? I like that. And we were just uh, we just spent the last half an hour just shoot shooting the shit, talking one. Not even actually wondering what we were going to talk about uh, during the show, so we're just going to go for it. We've got all kinds of things to talk about. Well, I mean, we I, I think it's really important to talk about, you know, we had a huge, huge dip today and about psychology. We were talking before earlier, before we started the show, about I'm, you know, dealing with such FOMO about I forgot to set my stop losses this time. And, and JJ's, uh, we've been talking about stop losses in the past, and I was you know, following some techniques and I just didn't do it this time for whatever reason. I think in my mind, I was like, I'm fucking tired of this. I just want to dollar cost average in and, and think about it a year from now. And then when I didn't set the stop losses and it dropped, I was like, why did I set my stop losses? And I was like kicking myself and, and I'm, you know, like I, everything I'm in, I'm sure is going to go up again. And, but at the same time, it's just like, so I'm a bartender as my survival job, as well as the acting and the writing and the producing and all that. Um, and, and the podcasting. And it the pays podcasting. Us so much money. And the hardest thing about bartending, and any bartender or any artist, any any um, uh, slave labor employee will appreciate this, is that it's very difficult to go on vacation because when I go on vacation, I can't help calculate the amount of money i'm losing mm-hmm. by not working at the bar <laughs> what's a vacation and it makes it very difficult to relax and to enjoy myself and enjoy the vacation and that's what i'm doing right now and i'm ve- i'm i'm really on edge right now because i'm calculating my losses by not putting in that stop loss and by just allowing myself to dollar cost dollar cost average in and think about it a year from now and it's it's just it's it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's there's so much anxiety inside me right now, and and I feel like that's something just interesting that we could talk about. Yeah, I knew I, I knew this old guy who used to say, uh, "Don't compare your good money to your bad money," and I wasn't actually sure what that meant, but I think he was talking about like, you know, when you've lost money on something, like you don't you don't compare that to like the money that you still have. You know, if you buy a car and like the car gets old, you don't go, oh, but you know, when I bought it, it was worth $30,000. Uh, 
Like, so it should still be worth that much to me. It's kind of like you got to just move on. But yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, like, you know, on this show, we try not to talk too much about about trading and investing and price. We don't we actually never really mention the price of of, of Bitcoin. But I don't. Yeah, I don't think we like, have in a long we, time. We never do. We, we did it first because we thought it might be a good way to reference the show. But you know what? We're not really about that. Um, however, we are invested. We've we 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 did, you know, that we used our hard-earned money to invest in this technology because we believed in it, and and so it's gonna. And we're uh, and we're both relatively blue-collar working-class artists who who have survival jobs. And JJ's been a little more successful as an artist, but I guess so. Um, you know, but we're still like you know we both live pretty moderate lives and simple lives and and you know we're not driving ferraris and stuff and lambos so they this is real money for us it's not we're not one of these people who come on here who are millionaires who are trading you know fifty hundred thousand dollar swing trade type things like we're no yeah you know, like we're do normal you, people just like you guys i mean do you want i mean do you want to hear millionaires talk about how they made a ton of money in cryptocurrency doing nothing other than buying something that does yeah. that doesn't sound like an interesting show anyway and if you do want to hear that then there's a lot of people you can go listen to who want to show off their lambos and and they're exactly. and i don't know why these people are still doing youtube shows and stuff just talk like, just just watch the bitconnect guys i'm sure they're still out there making stuff somewhere Right. I mean, I uh, we want to do a show that's more for people who are kind of feeling the same things that we're going through. Yeah. And right now, we've mentioned this on 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 the show several times over the past few weeks is that right now volatility is so low. There isn't a whole lot of news coming out. There isn't a whole lot of development. I mean, there's a lot of development, but not that you hear about. And the the world of cryptocurrency has been kind of like boiled down to people who are day traders or people who like don't really care about what it means for the world or what it can do what cryptocurrency can do for the world what this technology what this concept of distributed technologies and we should probably talk about that because because that's what that's what this is this is about um you know this is about a new a new way to think about communication not just about how to get rich I uh, so uh, Michael and I belong to a Facebook group, and I I posted to it recently just because I wanted to see. I posted to it asking, you know, what what are some things that we can start? What are some phrases we can start coming up with that'll make it really easy to talk about cryptocurrency to people who don't understand it? You know, what are like the little things? Like in the '90s, if somebody asked you, you know, what's the internet? And you'd be like, oh, well, you know, you can go on there and use chat rooms and talk to people around the world. Okay, simple way to describe yeah. what the Internet is. Or yeah. it's, a, it's, a way to, it's a faster way to communicate all kinds of information using a computer. Simple. So, like, if somebody says, you know... So, so these, are, these are called, like, 30-second elevator pitches. Yeah, they're elevator pitches. I mean, elevator pitches or just, like, I don't... Um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what, what you call them other than, than pitches. But, you know, we actually did a show like a couple months ago after my dad asked me what what Bitcoin was. And it was kind of tricky to describe it to him because my dad's a really intelligent guy, very academic guy. And I was kind of like, man, well, it's kind of like the Internet, uh, but money is kind of what I ended up saying, (laughs) which isn't too far off. You know, it's like the Internet is this thing that doesn't exist on one computer. It's not just one server. It exists on millions of computers 
yeah. acting as nodes to a network, acting as little crisscrosses in a net. And that's essentially what 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 we're talking about. That might not be exactly what Bitcoin is, but we're talking about distributed technologies like that. So, well, I Bitcoin mean, is like like BitTorrent in a sense, like torrenting. It, it is. I mean, the reason that I say it's it's not exactly what Bitcoin is like, but that is the technology that we're talking about, is because Bitcoin is does get a little bit more specific with the way that the transactions work and mining and stuff like that. I mean, we we talk a lot about Nano on this show because we we it's the one free cryptocurrency that doesn't cost anything to transact. And to me, Nano actually is more of a true network. It doesn't really, it doesn't it doesn't rely on or it it's more it's more inclusive. the The technology as a whole is more inclusive. It doesn't rely yeah. on any sort of weird, you know, uh, you know, mining is a, is a difficult would have been a difficult thing for me to explain to my dad who. Who my, my dad like honestly doesn't really understand the way the internet works either. I mean he's a like I said he's a smart guy. He uses the internet all the time. But like most people wouldn't be able to tell you. Well, it's uh, the thing on the computer where I can go to Amazon. That's what the that's what the internet is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like how how do you describe what the internet is? It's it's a network. It's. Yeah, I mean, like, what if somebody doesn't really understand what a network is? That's the hard thing. So I think that's the hard thing with 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 explaining Bitcoin and all this and just crypto, cryptocurrency in general is it's using a lot of esoteric terms that the vast majority of the world's population doesn't even understand the the words to explain it, let alone the explanation. And so, uh, yeah, I feel that- like I feel like some I feel like there are people out there who re- reach critical mass tipping points of explaining something that push things into the forefront. And and what Justin, one of the uh, guys in our Facebook group said, was you can make a shit ton of money on it. And yeah. that's one of the best ways to convince people to come join. I think he actually said, like, why don't you tell them anecdotes of people getting rich? And yeah. oh, and then he said, and then ask them what they do with the money, because that'll yeah. stimulate their imagination. Yeah. And my first thought was like, oh no, like we don't want to feed greed into this anymore. I totally That's rolled like, my eyes at his comment, but then uh, I realized, oh, it's so fucking true. It's so annoying. Oh, it's true that that's what'll that'll stimulate uh people's interest in Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it could, but that's a very short-term thinking too. I mean, that's yeah. like that's uh we got to remember like that there's really, you know, there's two sides to this. There's we have a technology that's disruptive that could change the world for the better. And we also have this thing that people see that they can make a lot of money with. It's the same thing that happened with the internet. It's the same thing. Yeah. People, some people said, oh my God, this is going to change communication as we know it. And some people were saying, we're going to get fucking rich off of this. And, but then there's uh, also the vast majority of people who are like, uh, I don't care. I just want to make it easier to do X, Y, and Z. And that's what well, 99% of the world's population uses the internet for. Yeah, exactly. They're not thinking about the technology and they're not thinking about making millions of dollars off of it. They just, well, no, they are. They're they just using it. They're thinking about the technology. Anything that makes your day-to-day life easier is technology. And, they're and not ma- thinking about it, though. They're not thinking about the underlying technology that makes it work. That how, might be and true. How interesting it is. And you, they're, not, they're I, not they're not like, "Oh wow, this is amazing. I can email blah." They're not thinking about it. They're just they're just like, "Oh, I need to email so and so." And it's just like because yeah. they they've already we've already reached that tipping point where everybody now accepts it 
and just takes it for granted. Yeah, a lot of people don't see the new paradigm coming. They they're just like, or or they don't, you know, they're they're the late the latecomers is really. Yeah. And like I used to be one for sure. So I teach a, I teach a class of high school students, and I teach a technical subject, and uh, and and I think with the first class I asked them, you know, I asked them to describe what technology is, and they all kind of pointed at their laptops or their iPads and their cell phones. They're like, this is technology. And it's funny because at the school, there's a director of technology whose job it is to make make sure all the computers work. <laughs> and so it's like the students are being taught that that's what technology is. But one of the things that I really want to, like, I like to drive home on this show is that technology is not not the gadgets that you use. It's not it's not the 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 type the engine in your car that is you know different than the one from 30 years ago it's not the flat screen that you're looking at technology is technology is the things anything that makes makes your life better anything that makes human life better and i guess you could extend it to animals because animals have to have to adapt to human changes but it's anything that makes makes that makes that easier for human beings to do what they need to do arguably a good thing or a bad thing, but really any of these things that we point to when we say this is tech, this is technology, are just devices to, to they're devices that help, they're devices that help those changes. Does that make sense? So it's like, it's almost like technology is the communication that's changing, or it's the way that we do things, or it's the way that we travel, or just the way that we the ed, the way education works education is dramatically changing this decade and a lot of people are saying you know you know well a lot of people will say well that's because the technology is better now we have the internet we have wikipedia you can learn anything really quickly but it's almost like there's another vector there there's another thing e- education is changing faster than we can even understand it and that's technology in and of itself the ability to learn faster the ability to teach faster and so I think that's that's really important. Most people are not thinking about this. When I ask my students, you know, what is what do they think technology is, most of them are behind the curve. Most of them are not thinking about what technology could be in the future. They think, oh, an iPhone is an iPhone. It does great things right now. They're not thinking this thing could actually do way more in the future. They're not they're not thinking of what a computer could do in the future. They're not thinking about their what, what their money could be in the future. Most people don't have time to think about that stuff. Yeah. And that's and that's what and that's so that's what I mean about like that mass tipping point where we don't need for them to think about that. As early adopters then, is it our responsibility to be thinking about these things? Absolutely. It's our responsibility to be thinking about them, making make sure that they're not going to harm anyone, which yeah. is such a big important part of of cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, like uh you may have heard that you may or may not have heard that that the government of India is trying to is is thinking about creating a government sponsored cryptocurrency right and like we as as cryptocurrency enthusiasts might think oh well that would be a really good thing well no because in that case it's actually going to be controlled by the government that could be a really bad thing imagine if the government had the ability to control whether or not you had money or could use money well, they yeah. already do. It already. <laughs> no, like, but if if the government could, is. if the government could say, "Oh, that person, I don't like his hair color and his eye color. I'm just going to shut off his bank account." Like maybe the CIA can do that to certain people, 
but it's not that's not we're not under direct threat of that but i think that if you had a if you had a like a digital cryptocurrency that was that was controlled by a central government then you'd have threat of that that is this what antonopoulos was talking about recently yeah that this is actually what i'm referring to i was wondering if it was if it was andreas or if i heard i think i actually heard andreas uh he, I mean, he was the one that lashed out at India about this, about yeah, potential uh, like dictatorial and problems associated with it. Whether or not that's something that's a threat right now with fiat currencies or not, like Andreas brings up a really good point in that you have to be thinking about these things as they could be potential problems in the future. Exactly. As with any technology, when I was in college, when we were learning, you know, computer science, we had to put expiration dates on the programs that we wrote, even if it was just a video game that we were coding, because they were trying to teach us that, like, these things could be problems in the future. If you yeah. write a program that is designed to write other programs, you better fucking have an expiration date <laughs> on it. Because <laughs> I don't know if you've seen any of those MySpace pages that have been taken over by robots, but they're they're pretty crazy. No. Uh, yeah, what? so like, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I played in a rock band for a while and, and we had a MySpace page and after we broke up, we just kind of like let the MySpace page just just go. We just stopped maintaining it. And I, I checked it a few years ago and it is so crazy. It's like a bunch of advertisers and a bunch of like, it, it was taken over by uh, by bots that had no purpose anymore. Like all of a sudden there was somebody advertising like a pizza company, like a pizza parlor in New York City that didn't exist anymore. It was just a bot that was just, it was like, it was like Wall-E, you know, like the movie yeah. where like there's a little robot who's just, his job is to like pick up garbage, even though the entire world is garbage because that's what's going to happen to robots. It's like there, there were, there were I love bots. how you said Wall-E. Wall-E, yeah. <laughs> so like, so like there were, there were bots that had invaded our MySpace page and they were advertising things that didn't exist anymore. They had no purpose. It was just like a, it was like a weird, like ghetto for robots. <laughs> and like, no, you don't think about these things, but all of this, all of this, like, you know, quote unquote, intelligent software that we're writing is going to end up somewhere unless you think about these things. Most yeah. people don't. So yeah, yeah. So you, it, it, when it comes to something as disruptive, potentially disruptive as crypto, you really got to think about how these things could play out in the future. Even if you think that it's trivial, and and you don't think there's much of a future to something like Bitcoin. Well, we have this issue in America just in general. So we are all about rapid response without foresight. And it's it's an American culture thing, and it doesn't happen as much in in Europe, um, where we react to issues, and we make immediate, impulsive, gut decisions based on that, and then make legislation about it, make, you know, do this, do that. And I think we need a cultural revolution in the sense of we need to start propping up thinkers, people who think about the long term and start giving them credibility because we used to respect these kind of people. And then we started and then the conservative party started to demonize um, the elite, quote unquote. And it was never about the rich. Like they started demonizing professors and this and that because they realized that the more educated somebody becomes, they tend to start leaning a little more liberal. So how do you how do you um, 
how do you go after how do you how do you make those people uh less important in society you start to attack them kind of like what trump's doing with the media right now he just he's attacking the media because he wants to discredit it but that's the thing is like when you take away the intelligent free thinkers who think about the past who study the past and write about uh, current events with the foresight of what could happen because of the past, because of all the history and all the studying they've done in the past, when you take that away, there's a void. And when you and when you fill that void with, with people who aren't critical thinkers, then you have what pretty much America is over the last 40 years, the people who don't have foresight. So they say trickle-down economics is great because give people rich give rich people money they're they're going to invest in more stuff they're going to build more businesses because this is what rich people do and they didn't have the foresight or maybe they did but they just and they and this was they their plan care. all along yeah. but they just pocket the money they put it in overseas thing overseas tax shelters and this and that they just don't cuz that's what rich people do that's how they're rich is they don't spend money like the rest of us. No, I don't know. I mean, rich people do spend money. If they've created businesses, they spend Nowhere money. near to the extent of what, percentage-wise, of what blue-collar people... You know, the average blue-collar person spends like 80% of their income on day-to-day -day stuff, whereas the average rich person is spending, you know, something minute, well, like probably I less mean, than 10% on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, I mean, what about rich people who are just, you know, cash flow? You know, they don't actually own much at all. It's just recycling business it's just it's going in and out of their businesses or their real estate or i mean those people that, tend not to be be i don't really classify those people as necessarily rich those people are i mean that's what donald trump is like that's the reason that he's that has got all these yeah but donald yeah. trump isn't rich technically i mean like if if you fired him from his business he'd be destitute because he doesn't have any money he literally spends all his money like they give him money he spends it all so it's like i don't I mean, consider he, someone like that rich he's i mean he goes into debt but he goes into debt because somebody's paying off that debt that isn't him so he's, he's yeah his bankers he's bad are, at business <laughs> i don't know in america actually that's kind of i mean that's using the system to your benefit that's not i don't know if that's bad at business i mean that's going into debt knowing that that debt's not gonna hurt you in the future because you can just declare bankruptcy. I mean, if you're going to use the, the system, if you're going to abuse the system, that's, that's the abusing way you do the system. It. That's abusing yeah. the system, but that's okay. Maybe that's what businessmen in America do is they kind of abuse the system. But I mean, the government has set it up so that they can, I mean, there's no, there's no laws against it. It's a crime to me that, that you can't, you know, you can't declare bankruptcy for student loans because oh my God, I don't, don't get me I don't, started. I don't know why that, that is, has anything to do with yeah. Let's not get started on that. But that is just that's um, anyway. Oh my God. In my mind, point, that's a personal attack on the on the middle class, like an oh, actual yeah, yeah. personal well, attack. We'll do a separate show on that because that's a. I mean, I, I mean, we won't talk about that just yet. But one thing that we can say is that cryptocurrency is an opportunity for a lot of people who never had the education or the resources to think about what cryptocurrency offers them whether it's the technology, the fundraising aspects, the investing aspects, all of these things that were kind of kept from the middle class American, a middle class or, or a lower class or just anybody in the world who was not part of that 1%, yeah. it really does offer them an opportunity to take part in these things that, that really wealthy people have controlled for so long.
And uh, I will say and, this is a teaser for our, our uh, student loan episode is the idea that somebody's investing in a, in a opportunity, i.e. somebody's investing in me with a student loan to be successful in the future to pay them back. And that doesn't pan out. They're the only ones in this country who are allowed to not have to worry about a failed investment. Yeah, for and sure. That's, and, that's the, and that's the government playing favorites. And and most so people, pe- yeah, most people go to college so that they can get a job that offers them a better life. And that's, I, to, in my opinion, that's a lie that we're told. But yeah, I said yeah. We, we wouldn't start there on, on yeah. that. But I mean, like that's that's what we're looking at. We're looking at technology, and it's not just Bitcoin. It's not just crypto. This is, this is this crazy world in in 2018, where all of these opportunities are available to people. Where you know you, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't even 10 years ago that the idea of, you know, becoming to, becoming your own boss just by, you know, publishing a, a blog every week. Yeah. Like that that just yeah. didn't seem like who is going to what's your real job, you know? And now we live in a world where like, actually, you know, that's going to be some of the most important stuff in the world because those people are going to have the attention of people. And if you have attention of people, then you are valuable. And like, I feel like early on in social media and stuff like that, people weren't considering this. So, I mean, like that, we've got new ways of thinking about money. We've got new ways of thinking. We've got the all the old ways of thinking about things, which are really becoming exposed. The old methods of education, the old methods of politics. I mean, we're seeing the Constitution become outdated so quickly these days. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And, you know, I, like I'm I'm a fan of the Constitution. I think it's one of the most important things in our country. But, man, do we need amendments to it? I mean, like where the fuck would we be without amendments to our Constitution? Yeah. And we're going to we're going to see that. Like, think about Ethereum smart contracts. What is a smart contract? It's really just a digital contract. I I went I I had jury duty last week and I and I while I was there uh, I met I we were I was waiting waiting to be called onto a panel and I met this guy who is a lawyer uh, exactly my age except he got went straight out of college he went to college for finance then he went into the air force for 4 years and then came out and got his law degree and was a um, criminal prosecutor right this guy is like this is the guy is government issued dude you know (laughs) and like here i am this kind of like anarchist socialist like fuck the world artist and uh, i'm I'm having a great conversation with this guy because he kind of believes in this old system and he was like no you can't change the constitution that's that's way too hard and we're sitting there in like this in a jury duty like the most obsolete thing that you could possibly do ever it's like why the hell are we all sitting here doing nothing waiting to be called when we know that we're not we're just here to show up. No, this system has got to change. But yeah. you can't do that without you can't do that without disrupting things. Yeah. And we're, we we live in in an age of disruption ever since the internet. Really, I think that's when it started, when like you really had to. You, that was that signaled this change where you really had to think about things differently. And I could easily see cryptocurrency somehow disrupting jury duty in a sense. Well, yeah, I mean, what I was going to say is that you think about smart contracts and what they mean. Well, what what happens when all contracts are are digital? Imagine when lawyers have to be computer programmers in order to understand the contracts because yeah. that's what it's going to be. I mean, when you have a contract that is bound by code, it can't be broken 
because it's not a contract that exists on two pieces of paper. It's a contract that exists on millions of computers, yeah. and it can be validated that way because that's essentially what a smart contract is on Ethereum. It's a distributed contract that everybody has access to. So there's no way that you can... It, if you break the terms of that contract, everyone will know. You can't alter it. You can't say it's your word against mine. And that's the, that's the reason that you know ICOs were fundraising fodder is because if you send your Ethereum through this smart contract, you were guaranteed to get the tokens. You were going to get them no, no matter what they were worth, if they were worth nothing or if they were worth you know something. Well, I mean, so but this when... Is, this is, when uh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, there is going to come a time when people, when this enters the law and uh, and officers of the law, whether they're police officers or lawyers, they're going to need to understand this and it's going to force the old system to change. It's going to, like, mean that, you know, we can't do things in the old way anymore. They have to be updated. Well, so this goes back to our point of uh, critical thinkers. So it, usually in life we have people who design stuff and then people who think about stuff. And sometimes you have people who can do both. But a lot of times the people who are designing, designing the stuff, inventing the stuff, are physically and emotionally unable to have the foresight to imagine what it's going to be in 10 years. Hmm. Like the Google guys, the Facebook guys, the Twitter guys. I, at no point, I... I, I I don't know for a fact, but I'm willing to bet a lot of money that I don't actually have that they did not, that they could not imagine Russian hackers or Iranian hackers coming in trying to sway international and national elections using their platform of a social media platform, you know, to, of, of a platform for people to connect and say hi to each other. Like, I don't think they really thought that that was a possibility. Even yeah. though anybody who used chat rooms in the 90s would say, of course that's a fucking possibility because the craziest fucking people are going into chat rooms and you have no idea who they are. And anybody yeah. with any kind of common sense is, has heard of what catfishing is and knows what that is. Mm -hmm. So how do these people who are so smart and can, 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 can imagine these crazy platforms that are so revolutionary how can they not see that like have that foresight and so i think that's what you need critical thinkers to constantly be butting heads against those those designers those those imaginers of of these platforms and that's what we need in crypto right now because we're going to get to a point where this we're going to have really really bad unintended consequences from crypto yeah i think we decade. do have i think we do have some good critical thinkers that are that are in the right place. Uh, I actually do. I I feel, you know, I, I you 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 can't say that somebody like Vitalik is not a critical thinker. He absolutely is. Or love him or hate him, Charles Hoskinson is a critical thinker. He's thinking about all of these different aspects of what could and couldn't be. You know, he's just kind of an asshole, and no one's listening to him. He's totally an asshole. I mean, I agree. He's he's he, on social media at least. He's he's an asshole. But you know, yeah. listen to him speak. I saw some of that Larry King interview and i was i was pretty impressed with the way he could so simply talk about these things and, and it's like oh yeah he mentioned uh, he mentioned how it, how it's already possible to use 3d printers to print medication as long as you have the ingredients and i was like whoa yeah it's pretty crazy and most people would think like ah, you can't you can't print medication if you can it's going to be crappy 
But you know what? You can print in 10 you years, can print leather leather purses right now. Yeah, in 10 years that technology, I mean 10 years ago flying a drone was impossible. I mean <laughs> I told everywhere. I told you I mean we we talked about this a few uh, like a couple months ago. It's like I I put that on Facebook the the idea of 3D printing body parts and stuff like that and saying, you know, this is really close. It's going to revolutionize everything because and things like VeChain and and all these uh uh distribution ICO companies, how is it going to affect them? Because they're not going to have to um, worry about getting fake purses because you're just going to print a purse at home. That's so crazy. But I then mean, I was like, oh, it'll be the ingredients. You got to make sure you're yeah. getting legitimate ingredients for the 3D printer. But at what point can you print those ingredients? I mean, do you remember 1984 yeah. when Tron came out? I mean, that movie was about digitizing things into a computer and then spitting them back out. And how 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 crazy to think that that was such science fiction back then, Disney version of science yeah. fiction, no less. And now we have, we have devices that can scan things for ingredients, and we have things that can print things out of ingredients. How long before we have technology that can print ingredients for things? It can't be that far away. I mean, it, if it's synthetic materials, Everybody, everybody in their home is going to have a box of elements. Yeah. <laughs> you put the elements into the printer, and then you've got breakfast, and you've got your medication. But that's the thing. You're and you've not got gonna, your gun. You're, yeah, you're not going to have to synthesize ingredients. You're just gonna. It's just going to automatically make it out of out of carbon. You're going to have a, a, You're going to have a bag of carbon somewhere, and it's going to print every single thing you eat and use on a daily basis. It's going to be. It's going to be Star Trek in a sense. But like, and it's, I think it's yeah. crazy. I think that this is one reason that everybody, if if you're not thinking about what technology is, and if you're not thinking about, if you're not thinking about these things in the future, I think that you kind of need to at least start getting comfortable with the idea of intellectual property because that's what we're really going to be dealing with. You know, like when Michael says, you know, a knockoff purse is going to be about the ingredients. Well, it's actually going to be about the design. It's going to be about some specific element of it, yeah. and that is going to belong to somebody. And that's going to end up becoming some of the most valuable property is this sort of virtual property or yeah. an idea like that a CAD. somebody comes it's up with. It's just a CAD file. CAD files will make people millionaires. Yeah, and totally. You, and, you, and, even, you, and you license out that CAD file to the printers or whatever. And then if you buy this printer, you're not allowed to make um, you know, Armani jeans or something or whatever bags. Even, or It's, it, it's going to be crazy. Are you wearing a Dumbledore shirt? No, it's a Mexican rock band. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. In like, what was I gonna say? I lost my train of thought from that. Um, uh, okay. So you, I don't think you're even gonna need a CAD file. I mean, it, in order to file a patent, I mean, you really just need a, a. You don't even really need a picture anymore. You just need to describe what it is, and then all of a sudden that idea is yours. And who oh no, no, what? I'm just saying like, so you're gonna, I'll have, the, I'll create the CAD file, and then I'll sell it to all the 3D printers, or I'll sell it to you. And then you download it onto your 3D printer, and then you print what I designed on the from the CAD file. Like exactly, like I mean that's it's, what it's that's, gonna. I th I think that's what patents are gonna be in the future. It's just little programs that you can download and install. Yeah, and like it's and gonna there's be crazy. gonna be there's gonna be a database, and it'll probably be on a blockchain because nobody's gonna want those things to be stolen. Yeah, and that's another thing. It's like we talk about this technology and how mind blowing it is. All of this stuff, if it's intellectual property which is going to be val valuable, if it's money, which is going to be valuable, if it's 
medical records, it's going to be valuable. If it's any of these things, you're going to want to use a blockchain yeah. because that's the only way that the stuff can't be stolen or tampered with. Yeah. If 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 it doesn't exist in one place and it exists in millions or billions of places, that's the one way that you can be sure that this stuff is going to be untouchable. And that's what we're going to need. So all of this technology is going to be Bitcoin, yeah. basically. Yeah. I mean, or, in one way or another, it's going to use this this technology that everybody talks about, this word blockchain. Um, and yeah. So that was our 30-minute pitch on how to explain blockchain. <laughs> yeah, and, tr and Tron. And so, you we're know not, it, so we're not using a 30-second elevator pitch. Just send them to our podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, like, I, I thought it was just a cool marketing. Mar I know you're trying to wrap it up right now, but I just thought it was a cool marketing ploy by, by, uh, by Tron, by TRX, to call their cryptocurrency Tron. But yeah. what they're actually building right now, the Tron virtual machine, the the world computer, the they're they're basically going to create a new Alibaba. They're going to they're going to revolutionize commerce, global commerce. They're actually kind of trying to be that Tron. They're trying to be that master control, I think. But a di distributed master control, which is kind of cool. And that's how we're going to wrap it up at Michael and the Bull because apparently JJ is a bull now for Tron. Uh, the, the, uh, I kind of wanted to talk, a, I didn't really want to talk too much about Tron. I just, we, we mentioned I'm, it dude, as, as a movie. I'm teasing you, dude. I'm teasing you. Uh, I'm, I'm excited with one of the reasons. And I think this, this totally ties into what we're saying is that I think there's something special about, about the Tron, uh, project. And that is they're really making things that people can understand. They're going to be making games and they're going to be making wallets that people can use. And I think that's going to be one of the things that Michael and I talked off the air the other day about how it's like, in, in, in some ways, like talking about this stuff is not going to help people understand it. You're going to have to give it to them. You're just going to yeah. get to give people the technology. Yeah. And that's why Andreas Antonopoulos at his conference or at his talks, he would, he would actually give out little pieces of Bitcoin. He'd give out a few Satoshis to people, which I think is cool. You know, he, no, back in the day, he was giving out full Bitcoins to people. Like one or was two. He, was he really? Yeah. Even because you know, even when it was a dollar, that's a lot to give out. You're gonna no. give out like fifty dollars. It was to, like fifty cents or something like that. They were giving out like two bitcoins to people. Was Andre? I didn't even. I, I didn't. Maybe know it wasn't Andreas him. Was on but the scene yeah, I remember listening to interviews and like they were doing this in the beginning. I was just like, oh my god. Well, that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense to give people a little bit of bitcoin. You people know? do if it right now with nano. It's only a couple bucks, so they, they'll send like three yeah. or four nano to somebody. Like here, check it out. Blah blah. You know. Yeah, they're trying to do that with a few other, like, you know, I think that's kind of the idea behind BAT and uh, Redcoin and a lot of those. Civic's more. doing that right now. They're they're allowing oh, yeah. people to do it for free. Yeah, uh, free so KYC. I think, so there, you can do that, but you can also give people the technology. You can actually say, hey, here's an app. This is actually an app that will help you navigate in your city. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, it runs on the blockchain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or this, he, here's a way that you can save all your dick pics. <laughs> it also runs on the blockchain. <laughs> Okay, I mean, yeah, and on that note, <laughs> people care about their dick pics. They don't care about privacy. They can't tell the difference, apparently. Right. Hey, so if you like the show, um, check us out on Facebook or on Twitter. Twitter, we're M and the B. Uh, Facebook, we're Michael and the Bear. And on Patreon, we're Michael and the Bear. And, you know, we're trying to get new microphones and stuff and make us sound better and do some uh, exciting. We've got some exciting stuff for a YouTube channel. We used to do YouTube stuff. We're actually gonna move back to YouTube and do a a, a bone a podcast slash YouTube Something channel crazy. that that yeah. we think is gonna be really exciting. 
but it's going to cost us some money. So if you uh, if you like the show and you want to donate a little bit through Patreon, that would be wonderful. And it's going to pay some other artists. We're not going to take any of the money. It's all going to go to uh, supporting you know local commerce and stuff. Um, but you know we're here. And if you yes, or if you want to have some questions you want us to talk about, you know shoot us a message. Give us Be a call. Involved. <laughs> we are uh, we are undervalued and room to grow. So like now is your opportunity to get in and tell us what to talk about because you know in the future you might not have that opportunity. Exactly. I'm thinking very optimistically here. Yeah. yeah. Build, build the relationship now because you might not be gonna, able to down the yeah. road. There's going to be a point in time where we're just too busy to talk to you. Yeah. We're just so. going to be too big, too famous, and we're, and we're going to forget the little people because that's just that's just what artists do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So find us on Facebook where we hang out all alone right now yeah. and ask us any questions you want. Be the be the first person because I'm posting stuff left and right, but you know, I think there's just so many Facebook groups right now. Everyone just talks to everyone who wants to talk to me about this show talks to me on my personal Facebook or on my per, yeah, my personal account. And I'm just like, I got to right. I got to start pushing people yeah. to our group. So Let's create a Discord or Telegram or WeChat or WhatsApp. Or yeah, because there's not enough of those out there right now. <laughs> oh, my God. My poor phone. All right. So, poor brain. Um, thanks for listening. We're going to try to keep doing about two a week. But, you know, sometimes think life happens. Uh, JJ's a busy guy. And, uh, and we have some potential interviews coming down the road. I know we, I know we plugged an interview uh, a few weeks ago. The person went on vacation. It was tough. Uh, but we've got a few more that we're in talks with, uh, some people that you will definitely know, and they're going to be interesting and fun, and uh, we'll talk about some good stuff. So uh, thanks for listening. Anything else, JJ? Bye. Bye. Bye.